Hello, No Code Nation. I'm Ayush, and you're listening to my No Code Story. And this is not your typical entrepreneurship podcast. Here, you get to listen to real people who are building cool stuff, all without writing a single line of code. This is the future of independent entrepreneurship, and you have a front row seat. Today marks the one-year anniversary for the pod, and my biggest word of thanks goes out to you, our audience, for all the feedback, suggestions, and most importantly, for being thoughtful listeners of the show. Frankly, it's hard to believe that it's been a year, but I cannot be more excited for the future of my no-code story. This year, you will have noticed that I've started publishing a weekly newsletter called No Code Storybook. If you haven't subscribed to that already, just go to newsletter.mynocodestory.com. I've also started an Instagram channel with audiograms, added a short story midweek episode, and just last week announced that Seth Fannin is joining me as a co-host for this midweek episode. And we have an amazing lineup of guests coming up in spring. I also have several more exciting announcements coming up later during the year, but for now, let's take it one step at a time. If you have benefited from the show in any small way, please send your friends to mynocodestory.com and tag at mynocodestory on Twitter. All right, now to the show. My guest today is Oleg Sotnikov, CEO of AppMaster.io. Now, this is a different breed of no-code app, one that is built for scale. So much so that Oleg says that their target customer is actually a growing startup that needs scale. They also have an innovative approach to AI-generated backend code that we discuss. And lastly, Oleg is a Russian immigrant based in the Bay Area, and he shares his perspective on the war in Ukraine and how AppMaster is helping their employees in the region. Are you ready? Let's get into it. Hi, I'm Oleg, and this is my no-code story. All right, Oleg, it's such a pleasure to see you in person and uh, get to speak with you today. Welcome to the show. Yeah, hi, thank you. You're the founder and CEO of appmaster.io, and I remember about a month back, actually a couple of weeks back, I had published in my weekly newsletter that no code has gone in the month of January from number two to number one. And what I meant by that is in, I think the first week of January on Product Hunt, you were featured as the number two product for the day on Product Hunt, or AppMaster was. And at the end of January, I think one of the last days of January, there was another product that was featured as number one for the for the day, and that was a no-code tool as well. I, that's when I discovered AppMaster. And then I started digging into it briefly, and I'm really excited today to discuss some specifics about why someone should pick up a tool as powerful as AppMaster and how your background has helped you this product. But before we get into the product and everything else, one thing that I did notice is your background regionally, you're from Russia and Kazakhstan, and you actually spent a lot of your time working in Kazakhstan as well before moving to the US. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. I was born in Russia. I lived there for maybe 12 years. I moved to Kazakhstan. I spent more than 20 years in Kazakhstan. And all that region, like Ukraine, Russia, Belarus, it was mostly Russian-speaking region. Right. And there was no problem to travel across these regions, and it was a really nice time. And now it's uh, a really difficult scene in Russia, in Ukraine. And yeah, as, as, as you know, I'm really strictly condemns Russia and Russian actions in Ukraine. It's very, very hard to believe that Russia 
uh, invades Ukraine, and I have half of my family in Russia, in Kazakhstan, and the second half in Ukraine. And it's completely crazy. And why, you know, I believe if you keep an eye on the situation in Ukraine and Russia, you should know that a couple of days ago, Russia made a new law. If someone will say something bad about this war or call it war, not a special military operation, this person can be jailed for 15 years behind the bar. Yeah. And, you know, like I still have a Russian passport while I live in the U.S., but I still have Russian passport. And it's very dangerous to say anything, but anyone, but anyone should say that everyone should say that war is a really bad thing and no one should treat any other country with nuclear wars or invade other countries and of course i am my company upmaster and all my friends they asking the world community to stop this war because war it's not an answer we need a really good diplomacy if we have any issues but yeah russian actions it's it's just terrible yeah, th thank and you for uh, being so vocal about this and coming out of the gate and saying it. I should note for the listeners of the pod that we're talking here in the first week of March of 2022 and the war in Ukraine is uh, basically in full swing at this point. And I know you were pretty vocal on LinkedIn as well. Like you, you shared a post that condemned the, the war and you also talked about how AppMaster has more than 15% of Ukrainian team members and they're, they're just from day to day worried about what the future is going to bring for them rather than focusing on their jobs they're really forced to fight for their lives and hide in bomb shelters and suffer um, how how does a founder come to terms with something like this obviously it's it's a nightmare for people that are living it but how are you supporting your employees through this like what what can actually there is a huge problem with uh, russia and ukraine first of all if we have uh, a completely disaster in ukraine and most of our staff just can't work because like, you know, obvious because of bombshells, because, because of all these uh, military operations. And it's, it's okay because we, of course, saved all uh, positions for our Ukrainian guys and we are paying them uh, money with trying to help them as much as we can. But from the other side, our Russian part of the team also demotivated because actions of Russian Federation and yeah. it's like some sort of, of a production hell that we need to solve. And of course, we offering a relocation for our team, so we can relocate them almost in any country where we can continue working together. And yeah, it's it's very difficult. So we're talking every time with all our team and trying to support our friends from Ukraine, and we're trying to mentally support our team from Russia, uh, because everyone understands that Russia will face a lot of sanctions from from Europe, from US, and one of the biggest threats for russian developers it's uh, isolation of the internet so i believe russia has some sort of plans to disconnect from the global internet and it's terrible if it will, if this will happen uh, no one will be able to work remotely and you know like already a lot of companies are breaking contracts with russian companies russian developers and russian no-code platforms russian developers it's it's okay because our world should be say that it's not acceptable to make a war and that's great and of course we are trying to hire additional staff members additional developers in our team we're trying to support everyone and like you know we're trying to do our best to keep our team healthy and keep building our app master yeah i think some of that technology isolation that you were talking about might have already started happening because i i read recently that russia's banned twitter and facebook to start with and you talked about like the ban on um 
on voicing out or I don't even know what what exact language they're using, but basically calling it a war and things like that. And I also saw something on Reddit, which I think I and mean, it looked fairly true of uh, police officers in Moscow checking people's cell phones to make sure that they didn't have certain apps installed and, and so on. So it's just a shame to see uh, all of this happening. But more importantly, I, I really hope that for the benefit of the millions of people that are suffering, that are having to relocate as a result of this, things get resolved uh, quickly and the resolution is is a resolution that moves the world forward rather than brings us back several decades. Again, really appreciate you being candid and open about this. I know it's it's really hard for you to talk about this because you have you know personal ties there, family there, and possibly even even friends in in Ukraine. But take me back to your years where you were coming up in Kazakhstan. You you moved around a little bit even in Kazakhstan, right? But you you worked for a significant period of time in Astana. So walk me through how some of those experiences experiences might have helped you come up with the idea of app master like was there something during those call it growing up years if you will that that helped you come up with this idea for uh yeah yeah it's actually my story started really long ago in 2000 in 2003 i started my education in university and i got my first job as a, as a junior software developer my salary was 80 us dollars per month it was so small amount of money but it was my first job. Mm, I, I was spending like a lot of hours per day. It was 10 or 12 hours per day. I was writing code. And my first uh, language, my first IDE was Delphi. Delphi okay. 6, Borland Delphi. It was really a nice and old system. And yeah, it was my first experience with software development. My family moved to Kazakhstan in 2005 from Russia because there was huge ish economical issues in Russia. And so my Kazakhstan story started in 2005. In I was working as a system engineer, as a software developer, as a system administrator. I learned a lot about infrastructure, about how people running corporate enterprise applications. And in 2010, I founded my first company. And it was telecom company, very small telecom company. With, we were selling IP telephony, VoIP actually, okay. for customers in Almaty in Kazakhstan. And it was a huge disaster. And you know, like every time when you're doing something new, there are a lot of problems that you are not aware of about government regulation, about problems, about yeah. money, about if customers are ready to pay for you. Yeah, of course, I ditched my first business and I ditched a lot of uh, my first businesses. Actually, in 2011, I created my first uh, system integrator and we started to integrate systems for our customers, medium, sm small business, medium and enterprise. And in 2012, we started our first software development company and my software business started in uh, 2012. And for the past 10 years of making software for my enterprise customers, every problem, every possible problem during the software development. And it's a really fun experience because uh, we failed so much, so many projects because like, because of everything, because of, of technical requirements, because it's changed every time because of people and I got a really incredible experience on managing software development teams, on hiring software developers. I learned a lot of programming languages because I need to understand what my team is doing and all this crazy stuff of, of the small business owner I faced. And at some point in 2019, we, was, we will keep asking our the same question, how we can be more efficient than now because like every time when you when we hire new people we need to spend money and time for adoption 
uh, not everyone uh, is working very well. It's very difficult to maintain software development teams. We just get in, every time we get in new requirements from, from our customers. And yeah, there is no way to improve our efficiency. So we already tried everything. So we have continuous integration under the hood. We have a full package of Atlassian products, like Jira, Bitbucket, Confluence, Bamboo. Everything was tightly integrated, but still it was very difficult to compete with other companies. And in 2019, we got this idea to create a code generation platform, some tool that will generate application from scratch uh, with a source code and will mimic our software developers. So our platform actually, it's some sort of artificial developer. Our platform does everything like software developer, generating source code, creating migrations, compiling it, building it, and packing to the Docker containers and doing everything that usually done by software developers. And of course, are we creating documentation automatically? So everything that we can generate, we are generating. So it's that's that's short version of my story. Yeah, I, I think there are so many interesting parts of that story. I want to dig into two in particular. The first one where you were talking about this software so software company that, that you had founded in 2010, was that like a custom development shop? Like you would build custom software for, for small to medium size? Yeah, this was a software development company with a completely custom software development. We were using uh, PHP, MySQL, and Angular, as I, as I remember, yes, it was Angular, yeah. Angular at that point. And yeah, it was small business, medium business, and even some huge projects with enterprise companies. Yeah, and I, I think the the key point that you called out there, which I think a lot of people are still struggling to grapple with, is how difficult it is to maintain the software on an ongoing basis and keep it up to date with the latest technology. And but but then also to, to make incremental changes once you've once you've done the first build. I think that's where a lot of companies start seeing you know cost overheads. They stop developing the products, and it just results in a poor end user experience to begin with. And then the the second part that I wanted to get into was uh, during your early origin story, you were talking about like one of the first businesses you founded in Almaty for VoIP calls. Tell me a little bit about how different is it uh, building a startup in the Bay Area in San Francisco versus building one in Uzbekistan? Like, what are some of the things that you found were similar and what are some of the differences? Actually, you should understand that everything is uh, diff different. So there is no similarities at all, except of you as an owner. And like, it's different regulations. It is a difficult, different culture of the people. Because if you will compare uh, work culture in Kazakhstan, in Russia, in Ukraine, in Uzbekistan, in any country with US culture, it's completely different. So it's much easier to work in Bay Area because most of people have, have different values and not like in Kazakhstan, not like in Russia. So it's, it's very hard to tell what the difference is, but everything is completely different. Yeah, and just I want to mention another interesting part is that you mentioned that it's very difficult to maintain software. Yeah, it's true. Up to 40% of the budget for software development usually spent for refactoring and rewriting old parts of the code. Yeah. And it's in any company. And one of the biggest issues as well, when you're hiring new people, new team for your existing product, uh, there is a high chance that they will say that we need to rewrite it from scratch. It's like some funny joke that you need to rewrite it every time. And of course, we overcome this uh, 
problem with AppMaster because we generating source code every time when our customer presses publish button. So we generating from scratch every time. So we have a brand new code for the applications and with no refactoring needed and no technical debt. Yeah, and it, I think that that was one thing that pulled me when I was looking at your website was this call out about the fact that you have a real AI generated backend and the source code that's again regenerated every time the application is rebuilt. So tell me a little bit about the AI involved there. Like there's, I, I remember the initial days of visual development, right? It was uh, in mm-hmm. the early 2000s. And the big gripe that developers used to have about applications developed using like Dreamweaver or, or any other like old publishing system was that the code was crap. It was it was really horrible to build on top of if you wanted to take that code and then and then build something on top of it. And that's why people started moving away to like custom development shops where at least the code and, and you started investing so much into software development best practices and you had developers coming up with, you know, making sure that they had the right the the right descriptors and, and the right the most efficient code being written. How does what type of AI do you have in the back end that that differentiates AppMath? Yeah, actually our first version of our platform, it was in 2000, 2020. Yeah, it was the first version with AI. So we created a very small testing AI, AI network and it was a total crap actually because it was not able to generate uh, really good code because it was really a mess. And as of now, we are not using AI as a primary generator. Now we're using advanced, advanced templating and we're using AI only when we need to keep your project consistent. I will okay. I will give you an example. The best way to generate any application is to use templates with best practices. And actually, almost every block in our platform, every small block in business processes, every web component or mobile component, it's a really small piece of code with all best practices applied. But to generate application for the first time, it's not a problem. So it's not a difficult task, but to keep it consistent, it's very, very difficult. Why? Because uh, we have data models inside. We have uh, business processes and business process depends on data models. We have endpoints. Endpoints depends on business process and that data models. And we have UI that depends on endpoints and so on. And what we're going to do if you will go to the data models and delete one data model or change data type, and your project will not will become consistent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is the best place for AI to keep your to keep your project consistent and to be able to generate and build. And it's uh, yeah, we're using AI just to understand which way we can how we can keep your projects working because like it's it's the most difficult part of the, our platform. That makes sense. And and I, I like how open you are about some of the attempts and where things didn't really result in what you expected and then how your team kind of went back and found a different application for AI. I want to talk a little bit about like product functionality and want to contrast some of what AppMaster has in terms of functionality with some of the other no-code tools that are out there. Uh, again, while I was reviewing your your website, there are a few things that, that really pulled my attention. One was uh, you were talking about a, a lot about backend code generation and business process editing, right? So you talked about the most powerful business process editor. 
We talk about real backend generation, building, being able to build native mobile apps with a server-driven UI. You talk about Postgres compatibility, the API connections with any REST API being, being accessible is again really appealing. And then also the ability to deploy to Docker, AWS, or DigitalOcean, so having a wide range of options. So my read, and you correct me if I'm wrong here, but my read of this mm. is this is probably something that a, a more serious uh, startup uh, would really benefit from once they have figured out the idea versus someone that's just dabbling in the no-code space trying to pick some tools up. Who's who's like your primary customer? What What's their... Usually we have... Uh have three types of customers. So first of all, it's medium business, business, enterprise, customers, and startups, actually. Uh, unfortunately, our platform is too complicated for pet projects, mostly. So we have a lot of pet projects in our platform, but in general, it's very di difficult for people, or just regular non-technical people to create applications. And to be honest, they don't need to create so powerful applications with right. Uh, high load with scaling with Postgres database and all these uh, enterprise or very small pet projects. But from the other hand, you never know if your project will become a really popular and not just a side project. And AppMaster is quite good at this because we're creating the real applications. We really want our enterprise customers to use them. And from our point of view, uh, because it's generated applications, they are quite fast because we're using Go language and because of Go. Uh, we can uh, compile them for Windows, for Linux, for FreeBSD, Solaris, and almost any operation system, including any CPU architecture, including IRM. And it's great. And this flexibility is from Go language. And you can place our backend applications behind any load balancers. You can use them, use them in Kubernetes, in Docker Swarm. So, and it sounds like everything is for enterprise application. Startup, medium business, or enterprise. So, and this is why we are not focusing uh, on B two C, like Airtable, like many other platforms do, because like yeah. our our primary goal is enterprise, and we do believe that we can use uh, no code as a production and for enterprise. And about differences between AppMaster and other platforms, actually, one of our biggest drawbacks is that we have a much higher self-cost so our unit economy is not so great as any other platform because most of no-code platforms uses some sort of virtual applications inside of their backend it's usually yeah. it's just a configuration file with no ability to export anything meaningful for your operation system and, and it's great because it's cheap they are storing usually only your like json or uh, xml or yaml configuration file and that's all from the other hand in our platform because we create a real application this application for running needs to consume some cpu some ram and be in isolated environment so and that is why our cost of running application it's higher compared to any other platform but of course in terms of performance, we are really one of the best on the market, I believe. I, I want to believe. No, I think, I mean, my read of this is you, your organization represents one of the first forays into the next evolution of no-code, where you're talking about not just visual development for the sake of time reduction and, and creating apps without knowing how to code, but also you're talking about building enterprise class applications that have the ability to scale way beyond what a typical you know web flow website or or, or 
some kind of maybe even an Adalo app or something like that might might provide. And my one line summary of how to evaluate App Master versus others, at least in my mind, is to understand the differences, you've got to go a little bit deeper, right? Uh, so if you take Adalo, for example, I looked at the article that you had about differences between Adalo and AppMaster, and the three you called out were databases, business logic, and integrations. And in each of these, Adalo has some capability in that area, but it's just scratching the surface, right? So for example, if you talk about databases, you, you see field limitations. So limitations in the types of fields and the, their whole construct of databases provides limited compatibility for advanced actions with those fields. If you start looking at you know business logic, again, the very basic sort of logic builder and you know app masters seem to be extremely compatible with different flow connectors and different variable connectors. And then, I, I mean, th there are so many other things with respect to integrations where so many products limit what's accessible to an API. But it sounds like with AppMaster, you, you're able to basically expose anything to an endpoint. So I think my read of this is in order to understand the differences, go a little bit deeper. What, what, what do you think about that? Yeah, actually, it's quite true about our product because um, one of the biggest challenges for us is to explain to our customers why we are so complex and why we're so valuable for enterprise customers. And just for just for example and for mobile applications we have our proprietary framework based on SwiftUI and Jetpack Compose and because it's SwiftUI Jetpack Compose we can deliver uh, screens widgets and even logic in real time to the mobile application and that's great great idea to be able to change your application without uh, need to publish it once again to Google Play and App Store. That's great, but because we're doing technology from it, consume a lot of resources inside of our company. So we will keep doing it. And we believe that server-driven UI is the best way to create native applications because like, we can access any hardware sensors. We can access everything on the mobile device. And right. we are not dependent on any framework like React Native or any other frameworks. It's, it's our own internal value. And in terms of business processes, I really believe that all business logic should be on the back end. And usually most uh, platform, B2C platform, uh, not saying this. And because because of this, a lot of developers creating uh, business logic, logic inside of mobile applications or yeah. web application, and it's totally not secure and it's totally bad. I believe it's really, really bad. And in the next couple of weeks, we will release a new version of our platform and we bring business processes and, for web applications and mobile applications and this is biggest advantage of our new version that our flexible and powerful business processes can be run inside of browser and inside of mobile application i'm really i want you to check our new features i believe yeah. it will be yeah, it, that sounds be really interesting i mean if you're able to bring that level of access to you know all aspects of the hardware 
but accessible through through a browser UI. I think that's that's kind of the holy grail. I, I I'm really looking forward to that, and I I I really enjoyed the conversation today. I think there's so much that people need to discover about App Master. I'm glad that we had a chance to talk here. And why don't you give our audience a quick handoff to where they can learn more about you, and if they have any questions, how do they reach out to you, uh, and if they want to contact App Master, what's the? Best? I believe the best route is to add me on LinkedIn and send me a direct message of course i am answering for all in all to all messages i'm helping with my team we have a special chats we have a, a discord and of course we have personal messages you can write us on email and it's the best way to learn app master uh, is to start developing because it's it's the best way to make a hands-on experience with our platform and try to build some maybe simple applications but you will feel a lot of power and a lot of uh, features inside and of course, we have a YouTube channel with our crash course. It's a bit outdated because our platform is developing really fast. So we're adding new features, we're changing something. And it's, it's great, but unfortunately, documentation, it's, it's not uh, very actual at the, yeah. at the moment, but still. It's a good problem to have. Yeah, it's a good problem to have. And of course, we have a special beta version of our platform. And we welcome any software developers, any no-code developers. We're just giving it for free with all features inside and you you can test in, with a limited number of time you can use all features for free the only condition you need to uh, submit your bu- submit bugs and problems and feedbacks in our beta channel yeah I, I believe no code it's our future it's like a self-driving cars so i'm driving tesla for the two and a half years in the us now right i'm using autopilot and i believe in the next five years so like so everyone will drive autopilot and at some point it will be even required to drive on autopilot and not manually same for for software applications because code generators will become like primary primary technology for create software and the only thing you need to know it's about architecture data models business logic and as is completely language agnostic so so we are a pure no code the users not able to write any code inside of appmaster and right. that is why we just store only requirements. So, and we can change generator, for example, add new generator, not just for Go language. We can add for C++, Rust, or any other programming right. languages. And your business logic and your requirements will stay the same. And I believe it's a great way to isolate code level from requirements level. And yeah, I believe it's the future. And maybe the final point that I want to share with you. We know that Gartner and many agencies say that in the next five, seven, ten years, 80% of all applications will be done with uh, no-code, low-code platforms. But we need to ask a very important question. If if enterprise customers will be able to create enterprise applications with Google Sheets or Airtable as a backend, and I believe the answer is no. We need really enterprise solutions like Postgres, like Oracle databases, and yeah, master fits all these requirements i believe yep yep no that that makes total sense and i'm so glad that we had this conversation thanks again for being open with with your story and i hope you know your employees and your friends are are safe in ukraine and and that the situation gets better soon thanks so much it was great meeting you yeah it was great thank you very much all right that was the show Thank you for tuning in, and I hope you enjoyed it and got a ton out of it. If you did, there are two things you need to do. Number one, 
Make sure you subscribe to the show to get notified when a new no-code story drops. And number two, I want to ask you a favor. Who's the one person you know who would absolutely benefit from hearing this story? Text them right now and send them to mynocodestory.com and reference this episode. Maybe they're an entrepreneur. Maybe they can use this episode to level up at their job. Or maybe they're just someone who loves creating new things. Do it. Subscribe and then send them the text. Make a difference. Thanks again and I'll see you on the next one.